from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and Company here on this Tuesday. Willie Ramirez in studio. Boy, busy day, man. Busy day. I just want to talk football, but, I mean, come on. Coming out of the gates today with the COVID stuff, Carson Wentz could be out, maybe out, maybe down for two weeks, depending on what the NFL rule is. Yeah, Carson Wentz tested positive, so we got a quarterback who's unvaccinated who tested positive. So now the Colts have upwards of uh, a dozen players on the list. The Raiders have upwards of a dozen players on the list. We're going to check in on the world of college football in just a little bit as we've got cancellations in college football. Day of cancellations in college football. Willie's here. Ari is in the Finley Toyota Studios. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. All right. Well, now we've seen some bowl games. We've seen some bowl games dumped in the last couple of days, but they were done on a couple of days' notice. We have a morning cancellations, uh, cancellation of a bowl game, the Holiday Bowl, which looked like an awesome setting at Petco. UCLA, sort of a local team. I'm sure they're going to have a good fan base on that trip. NC State, I'm sure, traveled a good number of fans, and now no Holiday Bowl. That was the uh, final bowl game of the day. UCLA is out. Too many issues with COVID on this Tuesday. And there's no telling us. From from what I've heard, they, they would have been down to walk-ons, which I don't feel sorry for you if you are unmasked and visiting. You know, there's bowl week activities. When you show up to it, when you're when you get invited to a bowl, so like here in the Las Vegas Bowl, they have these things set up throughout the week. UCLA, North Carolina State, they go to San Diego and the different events that they have, and and you know this going in that you have bowl week activities. Well, on Christmas Day, UCLA football tweeted out a video of their trip to SeaWorld. Okay, I'm sure there were precautions taken. I'm sure that SeaWorld is doing their part. I'm sure that. There's sanitized areas, so on and so forth. But I also saw a lot of portions of that video with no masks on. And no, masks are not guaranteed to stop the flow of COVID, but they certainly will, can help maybe slow the spread if possible, especially with, so far what we're hearing, the most contagious variant out there. It's not the most severe, but it is the most contagious and all of a sudden, around 1, 1.30, or excuse me, 12, 12.30 today, Holiday Bowl canceled. I believe that's what time it was. They found out earlier. They reported it. And boom. A uh, large portion of the defensive line, from my understanding, a couple of sources. I don't know if that's out there yet. Uh, but they would have been down to their walk-ons. And again, I go back to the beginning. If, if you're not playing because that's what you would have been down to, and that's all you have left, but you could have played the game, but you don't want to because you're playing walk-ons, well, that's a disservice to your team, the program, the guys that have done their part, the fans that put forth the money, the North Carolina State contingent that flew across the country and spent money. If you couldn't field a full team, well, 
You got to go back to look. You got to retrace your steps and see what precautions you took and did not take. And that's the boat that we're in. And now on a local front, you go from, well, I hope that we can get to Thursday. Fingers crossed. No, you hope that you can get to kickoff at 730. Because guess what? At 230, 330, 430, when I walk into Allegiant at 430, there's no guarantees that that Las Vegas Bowl is going to kick off between Arizona State and Minnesota. I don't think I'm willing to step out there and start laying blame at the feet of college athletes and anything to do with the college program without knowing all the facts. And I understand you saw a picture of them unmasked. I'm not blaming the players, Steve. Yeah. What I'm saying is I'm seeing that it's the entire Right, people not taking all the precautions they can. Now, and here's the thing. The bowl committee is not responsible for a lot of the teams and their actions. From my understanding, the bowl committees... The bowl uh, executive directors, they are not mandating these tests. Each bowl, if you report it to them, the team it's on the teams and the conferences. This is what I've been told. Because right, right when that happened, I started making phone calls. I wanted to know what was up for Thursday. It's the one, one of two days of the year I take the journalism hat, and I actually work for the committee. So I'm doing my part to just stay home, stay isolated, so I can work the game, so I can get paid. But it's not up to the bowl. It's not. It's not the bowl. The the, the committee. I get, it. The, I get it. Yeah. So huh? these teams and have no, to. There's no conference power here. It's no, team by team. It's, it's team school by, by school. And, and if they there's want to no test, NCAA power because the NCAA has no power. So you have to think that a lot of these bowls, these committees, and this is also maybe where I I, I think that the the bowls that are the the actual semifinals may be stepping in here and saying, hey, unless your guys are in pain and like severe symptoms, if they if they, if it comes across asymptomatic. Don't test or don't report. Wait, who's going to step in? The actual committees of the bowls that are the national semifinals. Yeah, they may tell these teams don't test because you don't have to. Because if they're not asympt or if they're asymptomatic and they're not they're not really sick. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I don't think I'd be comfortable with saying that's their job to step in. It's it's, it's just it's the it's a lawless land right now because there's no no one overseeing the thing. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back. Cofield and Company on a Tuesday. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Carr is going to throw it. Snaps it off. Wide open. First down the row. Deep into territory. He's at the Broncos. 35-yard line. Way to go. They cross everybody up. They throw to row on third down and two as we hit the two-minute warning. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. There we go. Big call by Riverboat Rich and Ole, Willie Ramirez's guy. Uh, blow up the rundown because uh, we got more COVID stuff. Yeah, it sucks to report this, but Holiday Bowl has gone by the wayside. So now, now we have uh, regional disagreements over... COVID and cancellation of these games. I mean, this one's come to a head the last week or so. We've had a bunch of bowl games canceled, but a couple of days in advance. This morning, we find out that tonight's Holiday Bowl, UCLA and NC State, goes by the wayside. And, um, you know, if you're a leader at UCLA, but especially NC State, um, tell your kids to put down their phones, get off the Internet. You're there to teach. Right? That's the ultimate goal here. 
99% of these kids aren't going to play in the NFL. So you're trying to make them into responsible adults who can get good jobs. You know what happens to jobs when you flip out and you post stuff on social media? You know, like, you know, you're working a Monday night football remote and you decide to send out a tweet about, you know, the place you're at. It's crap, right? Because you're emotional. You know what happens in the real world? You get in trouble. You might get fired, right? In the radio station's case, you might lose the client. Why did that happen? Because you got emotional, right? And right now, NC State kids are throwing stuff out there, mad at UCLA and the kids. There's a story that UCLA kids voted to not play, right? So there's some kid, Thayer, on the NC State side, who, by the way, is also a baseball player at NC State. And I don't have to fill you in on what happened with NC State in the College World Series with their COVID hoax and coach, Avent, who was talking about uh, he wasn't going to get his kids vaccinated or tell them because he didn't want to indoctrinate them, which, bruh, that's not being a leader. Making this into a political thing is not being a leader. All right? So we just had a kid on the NC State side go after one of our locals, who I know you know. You know you know his family, but one of the kids on NC State said, uh, why do they have a team vote on whether to play or not? And they voted no. Uh, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, said a team vote. We're still here in the hotel. If it was up to the players, we can play you all in the parking lot for all we care. But you see what happens? Where are the adults? Everyone turn off their phones. Let's explain the situation. I know I am not going to get on you, Willie, because we, you know, we're here to have opinions. Yeah. But I am not doing the blame game because I have no idea how many players UCLA was down to. I have no many. I have no idea how many players are actually sick, sick, who are asymptomatic. I don't know. These are very difficult circumstances. But I can tell you, the, the worst thing to do when you're an educator is just put your hands up. Well, actually, first of all, is to play the blame game and be a child because you're not supposed to be the child. You're supposed to teach the children. So everyone get off of social media, cut it out, stop bickering. Should have been the very first thing that Chip came out of Chip Kelly's mouth and the athletic director's mouth when if, if, in fact, they did have a team vote and they said, okay, here's the deal. It's sort of like the movie Outbreak. If you remember the movie Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo, and they're sitting in the, in the president's chambers... And they're all deciding on whether or not they're going to wipe out that town. And the actor, counsel, lead counsel, he says, I want everybody on board because there will not be a dissenting voice telling the media that they were the lone person that said they were against it. You're all in, and that's it. Tight-lipped, and you stand as one. They should have been, Chip Kelly should have said up front, if you vote to do this, and on top of it, you don't go out there and tweet. You do, there's gonna you, they had to have known that NC State or people were going to be tweeting at them, tweeting at players, challenging them. But you don't get into a Twitter war. You don't get into a social media war. And you're right. It starts at the top. They should have been on top of that and saying, once we leave this room, this vote. There's no there's no tweeting. And since the season's now over, if you return next year. This will be held against you because it's a reflection of the program. It's bad enough that we've had cases, whether they're asymptomatic or not. The bottom line is whatever took place, however it took place, I'm seeing other tweets. 
One person tweeting the disappointment in the fact that they've been our team has been away from family and friends for a month prepping for this. We have been here for five days practicing. We're in a hotel for Christmas just for it to be canceled five hours before kickoff. We deserve better. At this point, it's not the game. It's the messed up holidays for literally every single person involved in this on both ends, UCLA and North Carolina State, Aaron McLaughlin. Right. It sucks. So, it sucks. But but here, here's here, the what's the answer? It's it's a virus. It's out of control. Things change every five days. Yep. You know, and for fans, it does suck. I mean, I will say, you got to go to San Diego from NC State, right? From Raleigh, North Carolina. You didn't have to go to Detroit or Boise, right? Sorry, Boise. You got stuck but in San You didn't Diego. go to a hellhole. I actually like Boise. But you didn't get stuck I in do. some cold-weather hellhole. You know, you weren't in Albuquerque. I like Albuquerque. You get my point? I do. I was retracing. It, it does suck for the fans. And, and you know, I saw some other people out there. Media jabronis, you know, re, rebates for the fan. Like, I mean, I guess, but I don't know. What do you do? No. NC State give no, them season I saw, tickets? Yes, What's I saw, UCLA, UCLA going to give them money? No. And I saw that tweet. I saw Again, somebody tweet, UCLA, better refund. No. You don't know the details. You don't know how many people are really sick. And and the problem is this starts with the NCAA because there is no overall governing body. Maybe this is a means to an end. It sounds weird, but maybe this is a means to an end because it's shining a big light on college football that there is no leadership. None. And at that point... Guess who takes over? The schools. Because they're responsible for those kids. They're responsible for those coaches. It's a message. You know who it's a message to also? Could be a message to those governing, overseeing college basketball. Because, you know, you still got, <laughs> what, one, two, three, four months, three, three and a half months left in the season. Conference play is about to start. Better get with it. Paging Mark Emmert. Uh, there's no, there is. I mean, I haven't seen any organization. We're we're no, we're down none. 130 games already. Uh, maybe we get UNLV on the floor next week. They play at home against San Diego State. They already had their midweek uh, midweek game canceled. I think right now six teams in the Mountain West Conference have had a game canceled. You know, in the next week or so, it's it's craziness. Uh, now the NFL has leadership, but I'm really curious, Willie, as to what's going to happen here. With what the CDC just came out with about a 10-day quarantine versus a five. Bottom line, right, is that you still have to test negative. If you test positive, you have to test negative right. at some point before you play. Right. So I guess Carson Wentz could be back. Yeah, with this. Doesn't, doesn't seem likely. We, we saw Austin. I think it was Austin Eckler last Monday tested positive. He missed out and might have just cost the Chargers the rest of their season. So I guess now we're on day-to-day watch. On Carson Wentz and his COVID case, you're just tuning in. Carson Wentz, quarterback of the Colts, appears by the rules to be out through the next game. Uh, We'll see if he can test negative before then. It didn't work out for a lot of the Chargers last week. So I'm curious, just so I'm understanding correctly, is it he tests positive and then they can't test you again for five days or can Wentz test He's got five days to test. Is it? Can he test negative? Because I don't. I didn't get a chance to. They just amended some rules. I haven't, even, it, yeah. I haven't even looked at it yet. I right. saw a Stephen Holder who covers the Colts a couple of minutes ago had an update. I'll look it up for you. Um, I mean, this is it's changing hour by hour. I have it here on the in the AP story as well. But um, the NFL basically cuts the isolation time for players who test positive, um, reducing isolation time including unvaccinated players, to five days from 10, which that's the one that surprised me, and that's where it 
it tells me that, okay, we're throwing everything out the window. We need to make money. Because they've changed the rules from the beginning of the season with unvaccinated players. I can see them amending the rules if you vaccinate, if you followed protocol all the way up. Now it's almost like they're falling prey to, okay, you know what? Doesn't matter who it is, unvaccinated or not. You're good to go on this new, you know, this new isolation. So revising the protocols after CDC changed its guidelines for those who are asymptomatic, recommending a five-day isolation period and masking over the second five days. So the changes can allow Wentz to return for Sunday's game against the Raiders. Not immediately clear whether Wentz tested positive for the virus or was deemed a close contact to someone who else had tested positive because, of course, they came in today. I'm not sure where the number's at now. Colts came in today with 12. If Wentz has no symptoms, he could be cleared to play. So, How about the sportsbook's role in this whole thing? Oh. What the hell do you do today with the Raiders game? I still don't see it up at uh, William Hill. I started looking this morning once Wentz went out, and uh, at least on the app, I still don't see it. I saw a bunch of books. Drop it to two Yes, from seven and a half, seven. So now you find this out, or you're like, okay, now we have to go. Where where do you go? In the middle? So I'm on one website with the line service. Where is it now? With the the line service. It's all over the place. Um, And I had tweeted this out. So the line was seven, majority seven across the board, seven, seven and a half. But as of right now, just looking across the board on this particular website that offers, you know, it's a, a free line service for all the books. Circa minus six, Westgate minus two and a half, South Point minus six and a half, DraftKings minus six and a half, Caesars minus seven, WinBet minus seven, Pinnacle minus seven and a half, Bet Online minus six, Heritage minus two, the consensus minus two and a half. It's all over the place. I mean, in real in reality, they're almost creating a middle for you. That's what's wild. If you can get the number, if you can get the bet down. If, if, <laughs> if you can nice. get the bet down, but I mean, it's it. I, I would think that if it's not. If you can't, if if they would just the the on this particular site, if a if a book takes the line down, it's just the column is is blank. So you, so you know what I mean. It just disappears. But they're all they they appear to all be live. So I mean that that was what's wild. I mean the, the they appear to be all over the place. Now I'm seeing a few others. Now if I go to a different website that offers lines, I'm obviously not saying the websites for whatever reason. But um, I'm seeing blank columns on one two three. Different sports books. So some have it down, some have it up, some have it at six and a half, some have it at seven, some have it at two and a half. It's all over the place. So bottom line on the testing changes, I, I thought Lindsey Jones put it pretty well here. Uh, there is no testing requirement for NFL players to be released from quarantine after five days. Uh, so this will all hinge on players honestly reporting their symptoms after testing positive. No one's going to do that. Unless they are on death's doorstep, no one is going to do that. Carson Wentz will play this week unless he is really, really sick. Right. Yeah. Right? Yep. So there you go. There's the change. So and, that should mean all the Raiders are back too. Oh, yes. No, no, no. That that's and I believe Vinny put that out earlier. But here's the here how how do do we have a countdown as to uh how long we hear from uh you know, since Mark Davis had something to say about the Browns rescheduling and it's always working against the Raiders and the competitive edge. Do we have do we have a countdown as and three, two, one, two, oh, now we're working against the Raiders to allow Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? Because he's he's reportedly, 
apparently, allegedly not vaccinated. But these rules, again, I go back to where they're changing it. Because if you remember, during the Cleveland game, when, when it got pushed back and our good friend Adam Hill was stuck out there, right? It was, no, they're not doing the Browns a favor. They're not doing a Raiders a disservice. They had said originally that they would do what they can to make games played to for those that are following protocol vaccinated players. The Browns were vaccinated. Now the change is for unvaccinated. So you, you, you can't get bad. You know what I mean? You can't. Although I, I again, I mentioned Adam. Adam did bring up a good point. The Browns got almost no one back with right. the two-day delay. No. But it actually did allow them a practice on Saturday with their quarterback who – Hadn't played with any of the ones. Now, they didn't win the game, no. but this is not a results-based thing. They did get one day of practice in. So there was a slight advantage there. Um, and in the case of Carson Wentz, hey, that's the way it goes, man. They changed the rules. The, the CDC, I don't know you know, if they put pressure on. We got time, Willie. We're good. Go ahead. Just an update. I just saw an update from the North Carolina State uh Athletic Director Boo Corrigan. We have been in touch with numerous teams and will continue to make every effort to find a replacement if possible. So it sounds like maybe they'll still try to make it, maybe if they can delay it, because how many how much is that stadium being used, right? I mean, so uh that's good. So you're saying I, I, what, I, maybe maybe the potential exists for the holiday bowl. They push the game back a couple of days if someone else loses. Because they're already the people are already there. You know, we kind of have talked about, you know, how could that how how you know um why couldn't other when when the bowls first started getting canceled or postponed, and we were like, "Well, you know, to push it back is the stadium being used? Hotels? I mean, I would imagine that some hotels and the places in San Diego are going to accommodate as best as possible some of these tourists that are in town. Maybe give a discounted rate so they can stay over. Um, you think? If, if that would be nice. I would think that they should be. I think that they should. I don't pull think, together as a community. I don't think that they have to, but Stay I think it would be a nice gesture. It would look great on the city of San Diego because here's the deal. There's no guarantee that those hotel rooms, that they're going to be as sold out as they were. There's no guarantee that those restaurants and other facilities and other tourist attractions are going to, we're going to make that money leading into New Year's. So if you discount a little well, bit for if you're already there, why not just say, hey, we'll take the hit on the on a, giving them a percent off and guarantee us making more money with the people that are in town. Damn, why not? I might have to look in a room and say I was going to the holiday bowl, get a discounted rate at the uh, what is take it, the, the Omni SO? there right across from Petco? Take the SO down for the uh for, for New Year's Eve. Need a lot of things to happen. Stuff I actually don't want to happen, so I don't want to see UNLV get its game canceled. But who the hell knows what's gonna happen with San Diego State on the basketball front. So it's messy right now, folks. It's messy. Coming up, tick, 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 tick. Under four hours until we have a hockey game in town? Maybe. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Back in comes Nick Watt. Works to the middle. He shoots. He scores. What a move. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Nights on the road, on the road, on the road, on the road. Man, tonight, not, not in town. You know, we were just talking about Dorian Thompson-Robinson, local. 
Holiday Bowl canceled. Now he's sitting there having to defend UCLA Bruins against uh, dummies from NC State who are getting all emotional. It sucks. Holiday Bowl canceled. So now what does DTR do? Because I think clearly Chip Kelly brought in Dylan Gabriel to play. So does DTR look elsewhere? No. Uh, wait could... a little while. Wait to see what happens with a Power 5 opening. There'll be a Power 5 opening somewhere. Continue going to school. You know? Get uh, next-level degrees, all that, and you know, see if you can win the job elsewhere. That's what I would do. Well, I don't think that he brought him in as a slap in the face or um, to send a message. I think he brought him in because there was obviously a conversation that took place. Right. That's, you know, well, what are you thinking of doing? Well, I want to play in the bowl game, see what takes place, and then declare possibly. I mean, I remember having a conversation, you know, a couple of years ago when his good buddy and – uh, former teammate at Gorman, Brevin Jordan, and Brevin Jordan was gonna de- knew he was declaring after his junior year. And Dorian, you know, it was a it was well might take the same path. Obviously, that didn't happen. So per- perhaps he told you know Chips came to him probably said, "What are you gonna do? I need to know. I can't be left in the lurch. I need to get some commitments. I need to dip into that transfer portal. I need to get somebody." So I would think that the message is not that you need to, you know, that you're on your way out or that we're doing anything behind the scenes here to to push you out. I think it's more so that Chip was given the message that I'm I'm thinking yes, I'm thinking of declaring. Now whether or not that's a smart move or not, I don't know. Whether or not that I know that this game was definitely I I I I'm I'm assuming this game was to that Dorian was counting on this game to help his stock. To show him off, it would have been tough against that defense. NC State played some tough competition. They played a great de- defensive game, and they had a great passing game of their own. So, you know, there was no guarantee that he was going to have a fantastic showing. It could have dropped his stock. Bottom line is, I'm not sure what Dorian Thompson Robinson does now. I don't know, you know, if this was going to be the swan song he was hoping for. Now he may want to come back. I don't blame him. I don't think the other kid will feel slighted. By the one bit, he'll learn the system. Um, but I think the ball's in his court. But I do know this. Now that the season's over for UCLA, he's got to make a decision. Because after winter break, they're going to come back and get to work. And then spring ball's going to start. So he's got to make a decision. He's got to let them know. Knight's taking on the Kings tonight, hopefully. Hopefully there's no problem on either side. There's already some problems on the VGK side. This is the return for hockey for good. Or is it? Uh, NHL about an hour and a half ago said uh, due to COVID-related issues affecting both clubs, tomorrow's Red Wings-Islanders game has been postponed. In addition, the NHL announced that due to current attendance restrictions in certain Canadian cities, nine additional games will be rescheduled for dates later in the season. Montreal-Boston on Wednesday, January 12th at Bell Center will now be played at TD Garden in Boston. Oh, boy. The NHL of all the leagues, I know the NBA has a Canadian presence, but not like the NHL. The NHL of all these leagues has the the one thing that really is beyond their control. Yeah. The Canadian government. Yeah. And, and, and in Quebec, no fans allowed. So what the hell is Montreal going to do? They're just a road team the rest of the way? Share an arena with Buffalo? What do you do? You do whatever you can, I guess, at this point. Right? 
I mean, mean you, you have some time. You got a little cushion with the Olympic break that's that, what that was, was going that's to happen. What I was but, say. I mean, it's just got to a point where, like, we can't even squeeze all the games in there. And then from a safety standpoint, what are you going to have? Teams playing freaking, you know, five games a week? The only, the only thing they can possibly do is try to, in some way, shape, or form, restructure the Canadian team's schedule to where they're playing one another and shift out those games. If they're, I mean, that would, that's a heck of a jigsaw puzzle to deal with where you're, you know, okay, Toronto, Montreal, this, you know, certain teams from that division are on this swing, whatever it may be. Let's say New York, New Jersey, Philly, let's say they're on that run. Okay, we're going to we're going to switch that up. And now Toronto and Ottawa will play, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they got to they have to hope that they can do as much as possible without schedule changes and get to the Olympic break with this very limited having to make up games. If they can switch games and change the schedule, it's a lot more ideal than postponements where you have to slam it into the Olympic break. But if they can get some time off to where they can isolate and follow protocol during the Olympic break and then have to not have to play, who knows what will happen at the end of February in Canada, in America, and with this Omicron variant. So this uh, change by the CDC and the asymptomatic thing about coming back after, you know, five days, no more quarantining for 10, you wonder what that's going to do. I'm sure the NHL is going to come out with some some new rules. It is weird, though. If guys really do get sick and they can't return, are we going to have NHL situations with these taxi squads? Are we going to have games where they resemble what happened last night with Monday Night Football? That was stupid. That, I mean, come on. That was ridiculous. Ian Book basically signed off the street. Saints weren't even competitive. I mean, that, that's a that's a screw job to Saints fans. It's a screw job to everyone in the AFC playoff race against the Dolphins. They, they were essentially handed a win. I think the difference with the Ian taxi, Book. Come on. I think the difference with the taxi squads will be that you have there's there's no minor league football. There's no there's no it's not like baseball AAA. There's not AHL. So they can have guys from so the you have ha- half your half your players uh, whatever and your four lines are half of them are taxi squad guys. That's not equivalent to Ian Book playing quarterback in the NFL? No. I don't think so. Because the, the, if Ian Why, Book... Why, because it's quarterback? No, because these guys are playing hockey. If they're not playing... If they're not signed up with the taxi squad, if they're not with the big team, they're playing... They're likely playing on their AHL team. They're playing. Right. They're on the ice. They're constantly playing. So they're... they're you know what I mean? They're they're warmed up. They're ready to go. So they're ready not, to be they're called... They're coming in, in on like two or three days notice. No. They're... I mean... That it, in in NHL terms, yes, but they're on the ice and they they they've been playing. They're they're ready to go. They're ready to play hockey. They're one level down from the big boys, but they're waiting for that call up, which could happen if you if you make the playoff roster or if an injury happens. So in a sense, they're getting it because of COVID rather because of an injury. I mean, just a month and a half ago, the Golden Knights were missing Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Alec Petrangelo, or uh, Alec Martinez. They're missing all these guys, William Carlson. So these guys were getting their shot. Now they're getting the shot because of COVID. It's a lot different, I think, when you're talking about the NHL having a tax squad, the NFL calling guys off the street or off the couch or out of a grocery store because you're bagging groceries. 364-1100-364-1100. Caller 11. Caller 11. Just that easy. Two tickets to check out the Golden Knights against the Preds. 
on January 4th. 364-1100. It's Golden Knights versus the Predators at the Fortress. You can go to the game. You can go to any game. Check out the LVSportsNetwork.com promo. Use the promo code radio. It's the flight deck. 160 bucks a ticket. All you can eat and drink. All you can eat and drink. Flight deck tickets are available at LVSportsNetwork.com. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Just what did it mean for you after being here for a year to have a coach Next question. standing in your corner? Next question. We just want to talk about this game. We don't, we don't want to waste no time with you guys. Both, Respectfully, yeah. Antonio, we haven't talked to you yet. We haven't yeah, talked to you I don't want to talk time. about that. You guys, is all drama. It's all about football. We, we didn't talk about Carolina. I don't want to talk to you guys. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. There you go, AB. Happy holidays! Righteous indignation from someone completely and totally in the wrong. Jenna Lane trying to answer, ask a question of Antonio Brown. Lauren Sisler went to Rutgers. Lauren, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? I love how you have to throw a Rutgers reference in there. Why wouldn't I? Appreciate it. Always what? appreciate the love. Why wouldn't uh, I? Why wouldn't a, I? A good thing. <laughs> Certainly excited about that. You know, the, the season obviously didn't go as uh as I had hoped, they didn't finish the season out getting the bowl bid. Uh, Maryland ended up uh, getting the bowl bid instead. But it all worked out, and we'll see how things go. Certainly excited about that. And uh, we'll certainly be tuning in on Friday. But as you said, let's just hope all goes well and that the game actually happens. Yeah, today's been kind of rough. We'll get to some of the cancellations in a couple of minutes. The Holiday Bowl, very controversial right now. NC State uh, mad at UCLA. I wanted to ask you on the on that line of questioning by Jenna Lane. Um, what is it like when you're trying to ask a question? You may have bosses who want the question asked, and then a player comes at you and you know, I, I'm not talking about that today. What do you do? Well, I mean, it, it, it's certainly difficult when you kind of have in your mind you're prepared for what you want to ask a coach, and then they kind of go in a different direction, and it's like, whoa, how do we mm-hmm. how do we handle this situation? You know, I think a lot of times in you know, you can't always prepare for those situations. You you think you can prepare. Um, I had a situation one time where a coach thought I was going to ask him about a player that opt out, but instead I was actually asking him about uh, the production he was getting from his backup running back in place of his star running back that opted out. And as I was teeing up the question, I get the old, like, look of the, the death stare and then the SID is over there, like, flagging me off, waving at me, do not ask the question, and of course I'm on live television, and it's like, what do you do? You know, you're sitting here, uh, you know, I'm trying to ask the question, do I stop, can the coach hear me, what's going on, and it's a million things, and you think you know how to respond in those situations, and then it all just, like, comes to a head, and you're like, wow, like, I hope I handled that the best that I could. Um, you know, it's just one of those things when you have to ask those questions, and it's never, yep. never easy when you get a coach like that, and I will tell you, it does help as you – Learn the personalities of coaches, especially at halftime. Like if you know how a game's going, and <laughs> you're like, okay, how, how this thing just happened, and you see them light up the the officials, and you see that there's a controversy, then you're always like, oh, like how's this gonna go? Um, but you kind of get a feel for how coaches are yeah. gonna respond to things, I guess, when you've worked with them for a while. But it's not an easy place to be. But as you guys know, you got to roll with it. It's live, um, and just hope you can do the best. Of course, you always hear. The, uh, the Twitter birds out there that, uh, you know, have their reaction to things. But, you know, yeah. I just do my job, do the best I can, and um, 
you know, hope for the best. Yeah, I like uh, if I see them angry or angry at the officials, I kind of lean into the anger. Let them vent. And if they don't want to vent, then we move on to something else. Lauren Sissler's with us, uh, top-notch sideline reporter. All right. Let's talk about cancellations first. So what's your reaction to all the cancellations? And today was the worst. I mean, it's day of the game with UCLA taking on NC State in San Diego at the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, you know, it's so unfortunate because you're looking at two teams, um, you know, that, that are, are set to play and, and among, among the cancellations. And, of course, you know, NC State being one of the teams trying to make a make the most of this season, trying to get to the 10 wins for only the second time in program history, which is certainly – you know, a big feat for them. And then you get to the, this part of the season, and especially for guys that are so bought in and they're ready to play. And I think, you know, first of all, you kind of have to like take a step back to the bigger picture, right? Because I think there's a lot of controversy surrounding bowl season as it is, you know, because we're in this playoff era now. Does Do these bowl games really matter? Do these bowl games matter to these players? And especially when you do see the opt-outs and the transfer portal and all the things that are happening, you know, in, in my opinion, and, and in talking to players that have, have been a part of this and have experienced, um, you know, it firsthand, and as someone that's a former athlete myself and understand the significance of a postseason, whether it's a national championship or if it's something that is, you know, on, on, on the lesser scale, it does matter. And you always want to put a bow on your season, and especially when you're preparing for it and you finish up your season and you know you've been working for three weeks straight pounding and pounding your body, waking up every morning, going through each and every step and routine that you've had throughout the season. And now you're here and you've, you've, you've put it all in there and you're, you're, you've emptied the tank, so to speak, ready for this game. And then this cancellation comes, you know, it certainly is devastating. And I think, you know, I had those feelings when COVID first uh, appeared, right? And when we were talking about athletes losing seasons and losing senior years and losing graduations and losing all those things, you know, and now we're seeing a little bit of that here because these are some guys that will never get to step back foot on the, you know, back out on the field again. And when you can't mentally prepare for that and you have to, for, essentially you're quote unquote forfeiting something, um, you know, because of the circumstances, you know, it is devastating. As, as a former athlete, you want to be able to go out and perform and, and know that you laid it all out there and now this happens. And, you know, it is disappointing and devastating. And not to mention, as, as you said, the timing of it just unfortunate because this was not something that was talked about or discussed or, you know, laid out um, days in advance. We're talking about just before the game when these guys are, are mind is locked in, they are ready to go and the news comes down. I mean, it is disappointing. I know how disappointing it was for me last year when games got canceled, when I was literally on a Zoom call with the coach, and it was yeah. like, oh, by the way, we're not actually going to play this game. That happened to us last year when we were uh, covering the Georgia Vanderbilt game. I was disappointed as, as a, a sideline reporter. I can't imagine the people that put in the work, the, the grueling physical work that goes into it. Um, you know, so it, it is unfortunate, and uh, you know, now I guess that's what the fifth bowl game that's been canceled now because of COVID-19 issues. And, uh, you know, I hate it, uh, but certainly, you know, realize that, that there are people out there making the decisions and doing their best to mitigate, mitigate things uh, in the circumstances and trying to, you know, put the safety and health of the players and the staff and the coaches first. Lauren, the, the, and the thing is, the people that are making those decisions really are falling back on the teams themselves because the second that I learned of the Holiday Bowl cancellation uh, today, this afternoon, um, I started making phone calls 
um, for Thursday with the Las Vegas Bowl. Wanted to find out, you know, how this is all sort of the protocol in terms of the teams, the committees, the executive directors. And apparently, bowl committees and executive directors have nothing to do with mandating testing. They are not telling teams that they have to test. They are not telling teams that they have to report their testing, their results. How they, how the teams, the conferences, how they handle it individually is on them. Thus, with this new variant, which reportedly is not as serious as other variants, and is it's just that it's highly contagious, and you're seeing more asymptomatic. What's your take on the fact that the the teams, in terms of you know, if they have severe cases, report them, or if they're asymptomatic, do another negative test, see see how you can. Uh, See how you can get through this. The responsibility of reporting, um, if they should even bother testing on game day. Your take on this, because it's a very, very touchy, obviously it's a fine line in terms of reporting the cases or not, if they're asymptomatic, especially with all these other rules being changed, as we're seeing it with the CDC guidelines in the NFL. Yeah, and obviously, you know, you know, and I, I would be curious to know if there were discussions that were had leading up to this situation scenario that we're facing right now. And I realize that the CDC guidelines were just recently changed and, and that, that news just came down and became, um, you know, now instituted. But I would be curious to know if the powers that be have had conversations about if, in fact, uh, protocols are changed and evolve over time, how will we uh, evolve with it? Right. And was there rules put in place, things put in place in advance of this to try and uh, kind of evolve with sort of what the 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 nation is experiencing? whole? And so, you know, I think that would be my first question is who is making the decisions? How are those decisions being made and what is the timeline for that? And so it's becoming apparent that perhaps maybe. Those things weren't in place because things things are happening, and um, you know, schools are going about their business. And I will be honest with you: in in the games that I've covered this year, there really has not been um, any issues with COVID nineteen uh, eliminating a player from being able to play in a game. I I can only think of perhaps maybe one or two scenarios, and I think it fell under contact tracing. And, and again. You know, we as reporters, uh, they, they try to handle that a little bit on the, um, you know, more vague side of things. And we'll say, hey, this player is uh, unavailable due to illness. That was kind of how they handled it last year. This year maybe a little bit more open about it. But what I will say is the flu was running rampant much this year. And I will say there were several players that were knocked out of uh, contention of playing in a game due to the flu. And it was because of the stomach bug that was going around or you know, players that didn't get to practice all week because of, of, of flu and that illness. But in terms of COVID-19, it was not something we personally dealt with uh, in, in the games that I had throughout the year uh, for my assignments. And so now you kind of get to this, this, this point, and in some ways, yes, you are uh, uh, kind of asking yourself what went into these decisions and, you know, was this not something that was mapped out before and have times evolve because now we're seeing over in the SEC, um, you know, uh, the assistant coaches for Alabama have, have now traveled to Dallas to, to be with the team, and they are now operating under the, uh, the new CDC guidelines. So that is what allowed them to go ahead and travel to the Cotton Bowl today 
versus waiting an additional amount of time because their essential quarantine period is now over, according to the new guidance. And so, yes, I mean, there's so many questions and there's just a lot, a kind of a lot to consume. And I think I would just wonder who's making the decisions and then how do you get everybody on the same page? And I think that's probably maybe the biggest piece of the puzzle is getting everybody on the same page and equaling the playing field for all teams, especially in bowl season when, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing teams playing from different conferences and different, um, you know, geographical locations that where some of the restrictions are, are more strict than others. And we're seeing cases obviously on the rise in different areas more than others as well. So a lot of puzzle pieces there and, I wish I had the answer to it, but as you guys know, this is uh, kind of the, what we're dealing with and what we've dealt with the last couple of years. So it's it's, it's been difficult. So what's your vibe on uh, Pittsburgh and Michigan State, both missing major pieces who are going to the NFL? Uh, who's going to be more fired up for this game? It seems like an elementary question, but I really do think it's part of the bowl mix now with the opt-out to transfer portal. Which team is going to be more jacked up for the game? Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head, and I think that is part of the whole season, right? I think that is one thing when we ask coaches, hey, okay, you know, what are, you, what, what are the keys to this game? And one thing that I think always comes up in a, in a common theme is who, is who is the most fired up? Who's going to come out with the biggest heart, ready to play? Who's going who's gonna to put it all out of the field? And as you said with these opt-outs and some of these key players missing, I think that certainly, you know, plays into it because now all of a sudden the dynamic of your team completely changes. And so when you look at Pittsburgh, obviously you get Kenny Pickett. He opted out. He's going to focus on the NFL draft. Nick Patty now taking his place as a quarterback. And after talking to the coaches, both those quarterbacks, two totally different guys. There is no comparison. So this offense will certainly look a lot different with Nick Patty. And I think that they're going to, you know, shorten the playbook, try to simplify things to some level, but they still do have a Blitnikoff award winner in Jordan Addison. So, you know, the, the key for that side of the football when you have Nick Patty now filling in for, um, you know, Kenny Pickett is, can you still get the ball to Jordan Addison? Can you still uh, give him opportunities to uh, create plays and to um, create some of those explosive plays? We know on the other side of the football, uh, Michigan State has not been the most illustrious team when it comes to pass defense, and that's kind of a known thing. And so, you know, on that side of it, can this Pittsburgh team still exposed them using Nick Patty and doing what they do, obviously run the football, find balance, be able to uh, create some of those explosive plays and, and, and use Jordan Addison, one of your bigger strengths, to um, you know kind of wear down the Michigan State defense. I think that'll be a big question. But then on the other side of your centerpiece, your running back, Kenneth Walker opting out as well for Michigan State, you know, that comes as, as uh, you know, maybe not a surprise to many people, but certainly – um, when he is the centerpiece of the offense, are they going to be able to continue to run the football and have success doing so? I think they're really going to rely heavily on their quarterback and Peyton Thorne. Um, how is he going to be able to, um, you know, again, be complimentary to, you know, uh, his role as a quarterback with Walker now not, um, you know, being available? Can he step up in his place and make some plays? I think one thing they do get in their favor is Jalen Naylor makes his return. He was out for four games with a hand injury. So he's one of your key weapons, one of your top weapons at the wide receiver position. And so certainly looking at him and Jaden Reed as well, who are both big playmakers to kind of take on that challenge and to challenge this Pittsburgh defense as well. So, you know, who's going to step up uh, when you have a lot of opt-outs? You have a lot of injuries on both sides. Uh, more so on the Michigan State side, I would say. 
and uh, who comes out fired up. But I do think it's a New Year's Six Bowl. You have to be um, excited about that. And I think if you're a if you're a fan or a viewer from home that likes to see you know points scored, I certainly think uh, while it might not quite have that illustrious firepower that we were going to see with some of those key players in the, in the game, it still certainly is is definitely shaping up to be a fun matchup. And I'm I'm excited about it. And I think uh, you know that the players will be ready to go. Lauren Sissler. We appreciate it. Have a good New Year's. Enjoy the game. Stay safe. Let's have all these games played from here forward, please. Yes, I appreciate y'all. Happy New Year to everyone out there listening, and be safe out there, and uh, enjoy the rest of the bowl season. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Hey, everyone, Ed Graney here. 